Hello, I'm back. Um, I cut the I, I cut the intro and outro music because it sounded just to, uh, to be frank, it sounded way too cheery. I'm gonna take some time this week, probably, and find some something that like fits a little bit more. And the thing, the sad part is that it like I searched the you know uh, what what is it called the royalty free music sites like five of them and that was the best I could come up with embarrassing whatever hey guys happy 2024 wrote a check yesterday to our contractor I'll get there um and sweet man if anybody has or you know anybody gives a fraction of a fuck about um my house renovations you know we went through uh deck gate last year that contractor I threw the light on fire I didn't but we, I think, I think we decided to collectively part ways, found a new one. He's a gem, total gem. But the point of the story is that I wrote him a check yesterday because we're finishing our basement. And he was like, I don't like, he's like, it shouldn't matter, but it is 2024 because I wrote 2023. And I'm like, who has to write the date anymore? Whatever. Happy 2024. Um, I can't even remember the last time I put out a podcast and here's the thing. So I know every single episode, probably for the last like five or six, I've been like, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. And I feel like the biggest flake because I haven't. And I'm going to tell you why. It's so hard to gauge like relevance isn't the right word. It's just really hard to gauge like how beneficial or how important what I'm saying is, but here's the point. The whole point of me wanting to, or the whole, here's the whole thing. The whole point of me wanting to do this is that I didn't really care if there was a point. I didn't really care if anybody listened. I felt like I had things that I wanted to say and put out into a more streamlined space. And so what's been happening is that I've been overthinking what I'm saying so much that I just freeze and don't do anything. But then I have all of this, I have all these thoughts in my head and I was like, wait, this is why I made this, this, this decision to do this like seven months ago. So my my goal is that I'm going to stop overthinking what I'm saying <laughs> and what I'm trying to do. And I'm just going to talk because historically that has made me feel better. Um, and, you know, I, I will say very uncharacteristically, I actually do kind of love a New Year's resolution. Hold on. I have headphones on and I don't know why. It's like making me not be able to hear myself talk and it's okay. All right. We're back. Um I did get a new microphone though, because when Matt was staying here, I needed to buy multiple mics because I was like, we need a more uh, professional setup. But then he moved out and I didn't actually know how to use any of it. So that's been, you know, another problem. Um, so kind of uncharacteristically, I actually love a New Year's resolution. I don't do a vision board because I'm lazy, but I do usually write things down on my phone and like write notes on my phone. And I love like a New Year's goal. And it's historically like they work out pretty well. Um, so if anybody cares, maybe I'll talk about that in a little bit. I don't know. But the point is I'm going to stop overthinking what I'm saying and I'm just going to talk. And I do have a couple things to recap, a couple things to like go into the year. Um, Christmas was, I was about to say a lot and I'm going to stop. I'm like trying to stop using words like a lot, burnout, tired, like not to like, you know, feel like I've had a personality adjustment, but I am trying to speak more positively. I know I don't want to like scare anybody, but I am trying to like speak from it like a, a gaze of positivity these days. Um, you know, trying something new. We'll see how it goes. But I, I do mean it about the burnout thing. I felt like I was using the word burnout so much that I was like, I, at what point am I just living burnt? 
Like I don't, I don't want to just live in this constant state of burnout where I feel like I'm like being very reactive. And I remember telling my therapist that recently where I like, I feel very reactive to my life and not proactive. Um, and so that's kind of a goal. I don't think any of this is like, I'm just, I feel so rambly right now. I'm actually like, I kind of have anxiety and I don't, I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. If anybody has a child, I would say under the age of five, that means you're still dealing with sleep regressions. And I feel like children over the age of five probably have these too, but developmentally, I only know about, about five and under. We're in a sleep regression that actually is not affecting nighttime sleep in the slightest, but my 18-month-old will not close her eyes during the day. And a couple people have scared the shit out of me and been like, well, she's probably dropping her nap. And I'm like, no, I rebuke that in the name of Christ. Like, I... I can't have an 18 month old just never like not napping anymore. I tried to explain that to Tabor. Tabor's like, what do you mean drop a nap? I was like, like she never naps again. He was like, no, like that. Like, how do you, how do you make her nap again? I was like, you're not understanding. Like, I think like it might be, but it's not, it's not, we're in a sleep regression. And I, this morning it did affect the nighttime sleep and I have been awake since 445 and it is 830. And I actually, I'm only going to talk for like a half an hour, mainly because I do have anxiety and I don't, I think it's because I'm so tired and I feel like my voice is really shaky and I get really insecure when I feel like, like you can hear my anxiety and I don't really have anything to be anxious about other than the fact that like I am very tired, but again, trying to stop using words like tired. Um, but that is, yeah. So I only have like a half an hour to talk. So I'm going to keep this, try to keep this like nice and short and sweet. And here was the other thing that I was thinking about, about how I feel like I've been overthinking what I've been saying and overthinking like what I want to say. And so instead I just don't say anything at all. Um, the point of me wanting to do this was like, I love listening to podcasts where people just talk and it's like, they're like keeping you company kind of. And I'm like, what? so why like, just do that. Even if you're talking about nothing, maybe nobody will listen to it again. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. This is supposed to be a creative outlet, whatever. Um, okay. Updates. Christmas was fun. That's how this whole thing started. I was going to say Christmas was a lot. It obviously was a lot. Christmas is a lot for like everyone. And if you have a child, I did realize this Christmas that um, I, not a realization. This was an observation that my God, are women with children miserable from the months of like mid-November to December 27th. And like, that sucks. Like that sucks. And there are so many things about motherhood that I do not subscribe to. And the whole, like, we're all just miserable around the holidays. Like, yeah, we're not going to do that because it was kind of a bummer. Like, I think I was still pretty freshly postpartum last year. I didn't like an infant. I didn't feel the pressure to like create the Christmas magic. But then this year I like noticed that happening and I noticed that like oh god everybody's just bitching constantly I'm like then what's the point what are we even doing so you know took some notes <laughs> we're gonna reevaluate next year um but I don't know if anybody else feels that way but I just felt like everything and like I know that this is a common theme that just and like ugh, I again I could talk about this for years but and I and you know what I think I will um about how the internet gives motherhood like a pretty bad like it's a pretty bad advertisement for like wanting to be a parent. Um, and like, my God, was it bad with like holiday content specifically? And it just bummed me out. And 
I obviously it's just the pressure, the constant pressure of like doing all the things. I did make a collective decision because I'm an adult and I can do what I want that I'm not going to be an elf on the shelf household. We are instead, I because I made that announcement and someone was like, I can't even remember who told me this. Oh God, I got to remember who told me this because they did change my life. <laughs> a fun fact about me, and I think I've actually talked about this on the podcast before. I have a weird obsession with Snoop Dogg. Like I think he's among the coolest celebrities is like, I don't even want to use the word celebrity. I think he's just one of the coolest people where he's naturally funny. He has a good heart, obviously very talented, like zero fucks given, but not in like an asshole way in like a, I just like want to be myself kind of way. I don't know what it is. I've just always loved Snoop Dogg. The way that I say it is if I could have dinner with anybody dead or alive, it would be like my dad and Snoop Dogg, which is like a weird combination, but it's actually not. If you need my dad, it actually isn't a weird combination. But my point is I love Snoop Dogg. And Now, knowing that, someone said to me, like, okay, if you don't want to do Elf on the Shelf, did you know that there's Snoop on the stoop? And I said, excuse me? So while I'm not going to be an Elf on the Shelf household, I am now a Snoop on the stoop household. It's literally just a doll of Snoop in, like, an Elf costume with the braids. And, like, you could pay five extra dollars to get the one with the blunt, which, like, obviously I wanted to do, but I didn't because, you know, I, like... I had to draw the line somewhere, but he did come up, come with a chain and sunglasses and like an outfit change. So it's incredible, but I don't know. We'll, we'll reevaluate about like the whole Christmas magic thing next year, because I don't want this to just be like one of those things that I'm like, oh yeah, it's a drag. Like it's Christmas. And it's like, okay, so wait, sorry. Nobody told me Christmas was fun until I had a baby. Wait, what? Like I don't, we're not going to do that. So Anyway, we were out in California for Christmas. My mom went with me. Um, A big thing about football is like, not even football, like a big thing about sports families or anybody who I guess like one person has an unconventional job that works weird hours. Like we're not the only people on the planet who had a bizarre Christmas because of someone's job. People work overnight all the time. People work holidays. Like I know we're not special in this way, but it is a bizarre feeling because like to plan Christmas meant Tabor didn't actually get to stay the night at the house the night before, because even for home games, um, well, backing up, we played on Christmas day and the guys have to spend the night in a hotel, no matter where they are home away, they spend the night in a hotel. I don't, I think it's like a control thing, whatever. Um, like a, you know, gotta get you, get you, get you, get your head in the game kind of thing. Um, that was a high school musical reference, if anybody didn't catch it. I know it's not fun when like you have to explain the joke, but I'm really tired. <laughs> okay. So um, we played on Christmas Day. And so he had to stay in the hotel Christmas Eve, which like didn't really make it feel like Christmas Eve, but we were in the rental house in California anyway. So like it didn't really feel like Christmas anyway, but like Tabor did a beautiful job, like decorating and got an actual tree, like not, well, not an actual tree, not a real tree because I am violently allergic to Christmas trees story for a different day. Um, but he got a, like a big tree and, um, stockings that Hogan chewed through all of them, which was like hysterical because I got to watch Tabor spiral over like all of the effort he put into Christmas. <laughs> and then like in five minutes with a dog eating pretty substantial amount of chocolate like it was just like gone in the blink of an eye um but Hogan was fine apparently Oreos don't actually have chocolate in them fun fact so um 
but my mom went with me or went with us. It was really fun. Um, flew back on a red eye. I know I said that I thought I found the perfect toddler flight. I didn't. Um, I flew, I've been flying from California, from Michigan to California. Like we're going like, okay, east to west because I'm kind of like jumping back time zones, right? Like if my flight leaves at eight, I'm landing at like 1030 California time, um, which is totally great because she falls asleep on the plane. She kind of sleeps again in the car. And then she's like always been a great sleeper and like, we'll just like, I, it's never been a problem. These nice flights have been working. Okay. Well, going west to east, I'm like, okay, well, red eyes are going to suck for me, but like she'll sleep the whole time, right? No, she didn't. Like I, <laughs> this red eye after Christmas, I think I came home on like the 28th. No, no. I came home on the 29th. Um, I flew home, red eye. We got on the plane. This child did not close her eyes for the entire red eye flight. And as we're in, we're, we're landing, like we're, we're descending. Okay. We hear the lights go on, the dings go off, you know, get your shit together. We're landing. Her eyes close. A five hour flight in the middle of the night, awake the entire time. I bet we watched 450 episodes of Bluey. Whatever. It's one of those things that I've like, I say all the time, especially when people ask me about flying. I'm like, guess what? If you have a history of disassociating, it'll never come in more handy than when you're in the air with a toddler for like more than 45 minutes. I just black out. Like not a drug-induced blackout. Like, do I trust me, trust me, I wish it was, but like I just like check out. I'm like, okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do this. And then we landed. She fell asleep finally at home. Like it, it was I actually don't even remember getting home, which is bad because I actually had to drive home from the airport. I'm like, no, my poor mom picked us up. Um, drove because she had my car. She picked me up, drove to her house. This is not interesting at all, but the point is I don't technically remember getting home. Um, we slept for a while and then at five o'clock that night, um, my friend Meg got to our house and she came to DC with us because that next morning, um, 24 hours exactly later from landing at Detroit airport, we were back at Detroit airport, um, to go to DC for the 49ers commanders game. Sorry, I said a cough. Um, <clears throat> in DC and one of my good friends, Tessa, she was Miss South Dakota. Um, we competed Miss America together. She lives in DC. She's a blast in a glass. My God. Like I just, one of those friendships that I'm like, we have not seen each other in seven years. And it was like, it's just, the, it's exactly what you want an adult friendship to be. We never stopped laughing. Her husband's hysterical. He and Matt fell in love. Like it just, everything was perfect. I did meet, make Matt meet me there. He was driving up from North Carolina on his way to New York um, to move all of his shit back to New York because he's like, you know, thriving there. I don't know if that's an update. If anybody, you know, missed it. Matt moved out, moved back to New York. He got an amazing job. Um... I won't say where it is because I don't know if he wants me to do that, but whatever. Um, it's very exciting and very convenient for me. If you can think of the things that would be the most convenient for me, like places Matt to work, I guarantee everyone will guess it within two to three guesses. Um, anyway, we had a blast of a weekend, went to dinner with another 49ers girlfriend and we just, it was, it was a blast. Um, and I do have this like, I very, I really am in like I'm my sleep when I'm dead phase of life because 
I am I tired? Yeah. Am I going to be any less tired in like with a few extra nights of sleep? Like realistically, probably not. And I actually think that that's something that I've noticed that would I love a 12 hour uninterrupted night of sleep? Yeah. But I actually also really, really want to go to DC and hang out with my friends and like go to a football game. And I love that I have the energy kind of <laughs> at this point in my life to do things like that and to just bring my daughter along with me. My friend Chandler and I, we talk about this a lot. I met her on the internet because that's, you know, how millennials make friends these days. Well, not even millennials. I think that's how everybody makes friends these days. But um, I've become friends with this girl named Chandler. She's adorable. She lives in Nashville. I actually, I might ask her <laughs> if she would like to come on this podcast and talk about motherhood and her parenting philosophies because every, I mean, my, our, our theories on parenting and our beliefs and values, it's like that Venn diagram is a circle. It's a perfect circle. And a big thing that she and I were talking about the other day is like, she said something of like about scheduling and I, I will die on this hill a thousand times of like, you got to throw away the schedule. You got to just live your life because I had to point to one thing for why I think a lot of women are miserable. It's because they are nap trapped, but like nap trapped by other things too. They're trapped by insert whatever scheduling is, insert whatever child thing. Like in they, they're the anxiety about that is so unmanageable that they just shut down and don't do anything. So my point is, um, Chandler said, your kids are going to cry at home if you're on schedule also like your kids are going to cry outside, but like your kids are also going to cry at home. Like your kids are also going to be whiny if you're at home. And it reminded me and I DM'd her and I said, this reminds me exactly what I said over the summer. I'm like after camp, um, camp was over. We had like 36 hours of free time and we could just stay home and relax and chill, or we could drive up to Napa and like have a day of fun. And I said that I was like, I, you're, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be parenting at home anyway, and I would rather be parenting at a vineyard. And I do understand that that's a hard thing for a lot of people to grasp because I I acknowledge that it's scary and it's so normal to me now that it's not scary. And my very best friend in the whole wide world, she's pregnant right now. And I I'm pushing her outside of her comfort zone of like planning post baby activities and post because I know how like even that first trip to Target looking back, I do, it is hard to remember, but like, I do remember that being scary, but now like I would, and she even asked me the other day about a wedding that, um, we were both invited to. And I was like, are you going to go? And she was like, I don't know. Like, I really want to, um, like, what do you think? And I was like, I am not the person to ask because I would take a newborn to the moon. And I know that like, not everybody agrees with that, but like, I am not an unbiased person to ask. So like, I would get a third opinion because I'm going to obviously tell you to go. Um, but whatever it's in, uh, come, <laughs> David just texted me. He has, he has a boo-boo and he just texted me. I want to cut my bottom lip off. He has a boo-boo on his face. Okay. Well, sorry. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? Ugh, baby schedules. I feel like it's all I talk about, but okay. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to be parenting at home anyway. I'd rather be parenting at a vineyard and Chandler and I were talking about like how we, she she said that she it took her having a second baby and then a third baby to like totally throw the rule book out the window and just like do whatever the hell she wants and she was like you only have one and you got there like do you think you got there because you were forced into just doing it 
because of Tabor's job, because of the way we live. And I'm like, 100%. But I also did have my friends, Lindsay and Carl. They were the only people I knew with a child. And they lived the way that I wanted to live and the way that I am living right now. So I had this amazing blueprint for how to have an incredibly fulfilled, meaningful life of, separate from your child. And the gift is that you're bringing that child along with you to do those things. And so that was the blueprint for me going into it. And then also not having an option to do anything other than putting a five-week-old on an airplane, um, which, like, again, you can think I'm a bad mom and an idiot for doing that, but, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I had to get to California. I did. And if I didn't, I would have been at home depressed and alone, whatever. So, like, I, I did what I had to do. I was forced into this, but because of that, I am living the way that I I know I was meant to. So I do think she had a point there where it's, like, you just got to sink or swim. Um, and that's what I told my friend who's pregnant. I was like, you just, you got to rip the bandaid off. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I keep coughing. Um, okay. Anyway, football got, went to DC, got home. Um, we're in the playoffs at the game in DC. We clinched the one seed and I do have an, I have a confession to make for very, not in the last couple of years. Like I'm not like that much of a dumbass. Like I pay enough attention to like read words that are written out. So I know the I know the word is seed. But for a very long time, I thought it was seat. Like we're in the one seat. Because to me, that makes more sense. But I also come from performing arts. You're in first chair. You're in the first seat. That just made sense to me. I know that's dorky, but like I I don't get the seed thing. Tabor's like, it's a tournament term. I'm like, I, I get it. I'm just when so I think when I say one seed, my my mouth actually says seat, but those kind of sound like the same word, so nobody knows notices it whatever. We're in the one seed, seed, um, which means we have, we got the bye week. So Tabor is off this weekend. A couple of people were like, are you going to go out to California? Is he coming home? The answer is no to both of those things. He said he wanted a weekend to chill. Actually, I offered that. I said, would you rather just like be alone and like play video games and like cuddle with the dog? And he said, I would. I said, cool. I do not want to get on a plane. But my mental illness is being like, oh my God, I have three weeks to not get on a plane. And then I caught myself Googling how much tickets to Huntsville cost last night because I just like was FaceTiming Lindsay and had FOMO. I'm not going, but I thought about it, which again, that is a mental illness of just like not knowing how to perhaps stay in one state at the same time. But then at the same time, I'm such a homebody. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, we're sleeping when we're dead. Um, I would really, really like to go to sleep soon though. Okay. It's 844. I would like to go to sleep in about 15 minutes, but the reason why I have to wrap this up within the next 15 minutes, or the goal is to be wrapping this up within the next 15 minutes is that the reunion for Salt Lake city is on at nine o'clock and oh my fucking God. I, I just, I don't even know if I want to talk about Bravo right now. Like I know jaw drop, but like there's uh, Beverly Hills is kind of boring right now. I'm waiting, waiting for the Mauricio Morgan stuff to start ramping up. I think Monica's awful. She's a troll who lives under a bridge. And like the fact that she infiltrated a show is like very icky to me. It's gross. Obviously it's juicy, but like the whole thing feels actually really icky. And I don't like that. Like that's what I have like a huge fear that is like that what's going to start happening that like super fans are going to start like trying to infiltrate these shows and then it just becomes like almost like really meta and I don't like it but I mean my god am I excited for the reunion so okay um so playoffs in the next couple weeks 
Tabor has an, a bye week this coming weekend. Um, we're chilling, and then we're going to go out to California the end of next week for that first playoff game, or our first playoff game. And then if we win, we will the NFC Championship will be played in California, so we'll just stay. But if we lose, we're all coming home. Um, but if we win, stay for the NFC Championship. And if we win that, we go to the Super Bowl two weeks later. Um, and I know that, like, if you're not a football person, that all sounds really confusing. I, there was a time in the not too distant past where I had no idea how any of this worked. Um, but now that I get it, it is still confusing. And it's also more confusing that there are weeks in between and there's two weeks between the NFC championship and the Super Bowl. And for an incredibly long time, I was under the impression that Matt's sister, also one of my best friends, I thought her bachelorette party was the week between the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship. And so I thought I was going to have to potentially go NFC Championship in California, Daytona, because we're going to the Daytona 500, which I am so fucking excited for. Um, And then back up to Michigan, regroup, and then go to Vegas, which if you're listening closely means I will have had to go to rehab by March 1st, which still might need to happen because all I discovered is that bachelorette party is not in between those, but it is in fact the week after the Super Bowl. So now I could potentially go to Vegas, go from Vegas home and then turn around in like 12 hours, get back on a plane and go to Orlando because Matt and I are going to go to Universal Studios um, to go to Harry Potter World before we go to Daytona for the bachelorette party. Because again, we're what? We're sleeping when we're dead and the season will be over. And so Tabor will come home, hopefully a Super Bowl champion. And I'll be like, congratulations. You get a toddler. I'm going to girl it up with Matt. <laughs> so um, we'll check back in about rehab. Um, I am, no, I'm very, very excited for the next few I'm actually incredibly excited for this year. I, like I started this, I am very into New Year's, maybe not resolutions, I guess, but like New Year's goals and like intentions. And that is kind of where the hippy dippy, like woo woo side of me comes out is that like, I, I do like an intention. I like like having things to look forward to and kind of being like, okay, what went well, what went very wrong. Um, and I think, and honestly, my goal last year was hard. It was undeniably difficult first year really of parenting, um, my, a completely new lifestyle for me, not working, being a full-time mom, living in two different places, um, postpartum hormones, mental mood disorders started to set in. It was hard. It was very, very hard. And then the year before that was just a different type of hard, but I haven't had a a space where I feel like I've gotten to kind of take a breath, um, in a pretty long time. And sometime in like September, October, I really started to feel like myself again. Um, and I never understood what people said, what women, I never understood what women said when they were like, Oh, like, I just don't feel like myself. It took me a long time to feel like myself again. And I think I, I so, I fought that so intensely because I didn't, I, I wanted to like, I guess no other way to say it. Like I wanted to stay myself. I didn't want to lose myself. That was like my brand. I wanted to be like not losing myself to motherhood, but it's like, it happens and you don't notice it's happening because you, you do change. You change in subtle ways, you change in big ways and whatever. But like, I didn't understand what it meant until all of a sudden one day I was like, and I, I know exactly when it was, is when all of my friends were here for Halloween. And I was like, oh my God, I'm back. 
Like it was like I just opened my eyes and I felt like me again for the first time in oh my god, like probably like two years. Um, and it was really awesome. And because of all of that, I the, I, I want this year to be fantastic and exceptional and I'm setting it up that way um I'm being very intentional about how I'm gonna make that happen and a big part of it is like I want this to be the best mental health year of my life last year I was diagnosed with OCD I was on so many different medicines that so many different just oh my god did I okay at the risk of sounding like a QAnon conspiracy theorist, like wellness, like crazy Republican, for lack of a better word, um, I am down a little bit of a big pharma hole lately. And I I was very affected by a lot of medication last year. And I don't really want to talk about this because it's such a, it, it's such a, not because it's like too personal. Like I, I'll talk about this with anybody because I think it's something worth talking about, but it's very personal. It is so personal. And, um, I, I just want to kind of explore that. And a big thing that I'm doing, I'm, I am like, there is a, a huge earthy side to me. And I was raised by what oh, we've, we've called this woman, the witch doctor for like ever. My mom was the first person on the planet to ever start eating organic. Like she's going to live until she's a thousand. Like I, I, I've had that in my ear for a really long time and I've kind of fought it just to like, for no other reason other than just like not wanting to like do what your mom says. But, um, I am getting very very into plant medicine and it's maybe it's a placebo guys maybe it's not but like I feel better I do I do feel better um and we'll you know I'll do maybe I'll update some stuff on that um but I want this to be the best mental health year of my life and I think it's going to be the most fun year of my life I'm taking this kid everywhere we're traveling Hopefully we are going to the Super Bowl. So after this California trip, we're going to Vegas. Vegas or yeah, hopefully we're going to the Super Bowl in Vegas. Done. Then I'm going to Florida um for Caitlin's bachelorette party. And then I I don't even want to say convinced because like who needs to be convinced to do this, but I asked and it was accepted. Katie, if you've listened to any other episode of this podcast, I've mentioned Katie and she was on um, one episode where I just was like having a nervous breakdown on the mic um, about like mom guilt. And um, Katie and I are going to Paris alone in the middle of April and I can't fucking wait. I'm one of those people that when I travel, I'm like kind of toxic to travel with because I love a spreadsheet. Like I love an itinerary. I... I love to plan a trip and then like deliver it. Like I love to just surprise people with what we're doing. And then I expect their reaction to be like really big. And if they're just like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, no, but isn't it cool? Um, and so, and she was like, I'm a go with the flow. Like, I don't really want to plan anything. I was like, this is like music to my ears. Amazing. So I've already shared a Google doc. I'm so excited. We're only going for like four days um, by ourselves just she and I our husbands are keeping our children because they're their children also and like we're so oh my god I'm so excited so then we're gonna do that in April June Tabor and I got invited to a wedding in Florence in Italy so we're going there um also not bringing her to that because it's a wedding that kids are not invited to and you know that's not you know you know can't do anything about it so uh uh-oh um 
but Tabor and I never went on a honeymoon and we were going to go to Italy. We were going to go to like Positano and the Amalfi Coast. And um, then I got pregnant instead. Oops. So we never took a honeymoon. So we're going to do like a big vacation, just he and I, because TBH, the last vacation he and I went to or went on just us by ourselves was when we went to Disney World as like we had like a little bit of a breakdown and we're like, we got to get out of here. And it was right after we got vaccinated, like those vaccines kicked in, you know, day three or I don't know, whenever, whatever. And then we're like, you want to go to Disney World? And he's like, yep. I think he asked me actually. Tapers a closet at Disney adult. More on that later. Um, but anyway, we went to Disney World like three years ago, literally three years ago. I think it was 2021 because right after the vaccines, whatever. Um, yeah. And then after that, we're going to go to Mackinac again, which is going to become like kind of a tradition that we're going to do every 4th of July. And then he'll go to camp and we'll just start all over again. But the biggest thing that we're doing this year, and I say we, but the biggest thing I'm doing this year that I am bringing Rue to, I'm taking my child to Salem in October. I mean, other people can go with me if they want, but I already picked the weekend and I'm going to bring my daughter, my little witch bang girly, and we're going to just walk around and I'm going to drink coffee and hot spicy teas and she's gonna just run around in black tool outfits and we're gonna run through like ghost tours and go to all the shops and it's gonna be the best weekend of my life and yeah so I I have all this written down because I've a big thing that I've struggled with in the last couple years is feeling like I had something to look forward to that was just for me um, which kind of goes back into like the, I didn't understand how people lost themselves, but like all of a sudden you are living really at the, I guess at the care of somebody else, right? Like you, you are so scheduled, even if you try to not be scheduled, baby still ate about every three hours. Like you, you still are really committed to caring for another person. And then by the time they become self-sufficient, I didn't even realize what was happening, I felt really lost. And then also with Saber's job, like it is all about him all the time. Like that's not a secret. We were very open about that. Um, and so a huge commitment is like, I want this to be the best year of my life. And I had this little, I remember when I um, moved to Nashville, got divorced. Um, and I never know when there's like people who are just like popping in and out and like don't know that I had a oopsie starter marriage. So if you're just catching up, I did. Um, but when I got divorced in 2016, 17, um, and I moved to Nashville, I found this like dumb little quote. It's not dumb. I shouldn't say that. Like, I'm going to stop like shitting on things that actually like bring me joy. <laughs> I found this little quote that said, sometimes it takes 10 years to get to the year that's going to change your life. And I printed it out and I taped it to my jewelry box and I had it for a long time. And I had it up on table and I started dating and I just thought about it. Um, randomly a few weeks ago and I said that to him I said do you remember that little piece of paper I had and he said yeah of course and I was I've been cleaning our entire house and like purging our basement um to like getting ready for the remodels to start and I found it like in this random box I was like oh my god like started crying whatever and so I just I feel that way again like I feel like it's taken the last 10 years because 10 years ago I was Miss Michigan I was miserable. I was lonely. I was lost. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was questioning every decision that I had made up until that point. I was only 20, but I felt like I had lived a million lifetimes and didn't know what to do. Um, and I had no idea what my life was going to look like. And so like 
to think about what has happened in the last decade where I got from there. And that's also when I was knees deep in a horrific eating disorder. I was, that's when I think that's probably the earliest signs of true clinical depression. Like that's really when, for lack of a better word, like my mental health shit the bed was 2013, 2014, like that year. Um, and so to think like in the last 10 years that all that's happened, all that I've gone through and gotten through and to like, to get to this point, like, I don't want to say the finish line because like, ugh, so cheesy, but like, I do want to just be getting started. Like, but to get to a point where I'm in what, because of, you know, our interest rate might be my forever home. Um, and with a daughter who I adore and like, my husband is at the, like the top of his career and he's thriving. Like, I just feel like things are so good. And usually when things are so good, it like scares the shit out of me. Um, but I feel like it's taken 10 years to get to like, okay, this, this is a good one. And I'm so afraid to say that, that like, we're going to, honestly, I'm really afraid to say that going into a fucking election year because Every time I think about that, my stomach drops, but I'm going to like quit being cheesy and just like keep talking. Okay. I'm going to read my vision and goals for, so I used to work at Lululemon and, um, it's like pretty culty, but like, I actually, I actually really loved working there and I've worked there on and off for like truly actually the last 10 years because I just like, like to keep the discount. Um, but I haven't worked there in a couple of years, but honestly, when Tabor gets home, I might like go back because I am bored and I the problem though when I work there I don't make a dollar instead I like I'm I'm so in the negative it's not even like it's it's just like a pastime like it's not a lucrative job it's just a way to like kill a few hours on like a Sunday Monday Tuesday evening anyway um the point of why I'm talking about this is that working at Lululemon we had to do it was like really um you know a lot of leadership kind of self-helpy And so we all, like, no matter your place in the company, this was like 10 years ago. I don't know. Like, I don't even think. I haven't done an onboarding in a long time, but I don't think they still do this Um, because I think they realized that it was too culty. But we had to do, we had to write what were called vision and goals. And the acronym was VAG. And so that was like the joke. I'm like, okay, what's your VAG? Um, And so I I still, like, use that because I think it's funny. Um, So my 2024 VAG are, um, I was going to do dry January. Well, not going to. I am doing dry January. I had a slip up yesterday and I'm going to tell you why. I, I'm addicted to carbonation and the only thing I had in my fridge was cider. Like, I don't, I don't, nobody cares about like my excuse for why I like had a drink, but like I did not have, I just needed something that wasn't water. I drank a cider and I actually woke up with a horrible headache. So we've reinstilled dry January. Um, Digging into and really committing to plant medicine. You can read into that however you'd like. Um, a couple on here that I don't want to read. Basement done. Um, this is a big one. I have a goal of not buying any new clothes for the entire year. Anything that I get is just going to be thrifted or rented. And I like I fall into the overconsumption, like nightmare chaos of the internet, like TikTok shop, like kill me. Um, I just like our Amazon charges are egregious. So I'm really, I'm really going to try. Um, and I've been talking, like, I just, I think I didn't notice. I mean, obviously I've noticed overconsumption, but like influencer culture, it's like, ugh, like it's just constant. And then over the holidays as like Christmas was ramping up, probably like end of 
like middle of November even, or even like early November. I'm like, my God, it was just constant. And I didn't notice it. I never noticed it so strongly. Um, and so I kind of tried to do a no buy month of where I didn't buy anything that I didn't like really need or wasn't like a really intentional Christmas present. And then even with Christmas presents, I'm like, fuck, I'm spending so much money. So, um, I'm really in the, I also am, I feel really, really passionately about the environmental impact of like fast fashion and like just horrific companies like Sheen or Shein. I don't even know how to say it. Like the one that starts with a T where you can buy like a sweater for like $3 and then it ends up in a landfill or like catches on fire. But at the time it even gets to you because it's like, you know, made of like, I don't know, aerosol. Um, so I'm really committing to buying nothing new. Um, meaning like it still has a tags on them, like anything I buy new or like, it's just been someone is selling it secondhand basically. Um, or rented because I have, I've always believed nothing. It is never, ever, ever worth it to buy a designer handbag, any, nothing. It's never worth it. You're going to like it for six months and then you're going to, it's going to sit on a shelf. I, I'm a big fan of renting anything. Obviously it's more cost effective, but it's just, it's a little bit more sustainable. It's a lot more sustainable. Okay. That's a big one. My curl pattern on my hair is a goddamn disaster. So I'm trying not to straighten my hair unless I like really, really have to. And by have to, I mean probably the Super Bowl if we go or the NFC championship, because here's the problem with my curly hair. Like I said, my curl pattern is a disaster and my hair has never looked the same way twice. So like, I can't trust myself. Like I can't trust my hair to look okay. That's boring. Nobody cares. Um, oh, and the last one is just see the world. Oh, how sweet. Right. So I'm just, I'm really, I'm really excited. And I think, um, I don't know. I just, I feel really optimistic. You know, the other football thing I was going to talk about. So, um, for anybody who doesn't know what the Pro Bowl is, the Pro Bowl is like, I don't know. I love it when I start to try to explain something football, but I don't even actually technically know how to explain it. I think it's like the, the best of each position there go to the Pro Bowl. Like, I don't, you know, what? just Google what the Pro Bowl is, but Pro Bowl is something that Tabor has wanted to get for his whole career. It's something that's mean, meant a lot to him for a lot of different reasons. Um, but it's like, it's only like an, in a team sport, there's not like a lot of personal accolades. Like, you know, obviously it's like winning games, going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. But like, this is kind of one of those things that like is a personal, it's like, it is based on your personal achievement. Um, and he got second place, which is, or he got first alternate. So, you know, it's like Miss America. If, you know, Miss America cannot fulfill her duties, the first runner up must take over. So Tabor is first runner up to, um, the Miss Pro Bowl competition. Um, but joking aside, very proud of him. He was, um, he was really excited and it's just, you know, the highest he's ever gotten in it and the closest he's ever come. And it's just this, like I said, I think we're going into like an amazing year. This has been the best year of his career so far. I just, I'm very proud of him. So, okay. Done with football stuff. Um, oh my God. I'm looking at notes that I wrote on my phone. Okay. Football updates, Pro Bowl, Beverly Hills attack. What the hell does that mean? Beverly Hills attack. I have no idea. Oh my God. Probably. Oh, oh, I know what this is about. Okay. I don't want to talk about Bravo right now, but we're, we'll do like a, a big Bravo recap next week because I'll like, I'll phone a friend and like make them on the spot. Talk to me about something or like about Bravo. We'll do like Salt Lake city, Beverly Hills, upcoming Vanderpump. If you don't give a shit about Bravo, like don't worry about it. But, uh, that's definitely about the Garcelle, um, Dorit, 
nutshell, Dorit, a white woman, used the word attack um, uh, towards Garcelle. So the Garcelle attacked her and she, it was extremely triggering for Garcelle watching the white woman on the internet, like not get it was very frustrating, but I'm like, this is the point. And Garcelle was like, there are several words you can't say to a black woman because they mean different things for us versus you angry attack and aggressive. And I was very triggered by this conversation because it, while it's annoying to watch white people not understand that nuance of how language is different for them, um, being biracial and being light skinned, um, I even feel that way. And I got into uh, not a fight. I don't fight with my friends, but I, uh, there was a, a very heated disagreement, very heated conversation between me and one of the most important people in my world. And, um, they said that I was being aggressive and I lost my mind. I started, my whole body started shaking because I had such a visceral reaction to that word because this is where like my identity issues come into play of like, I don't, does it make sense that I'm having that reaction too? Because I am kind of a ball buster and I do have a very big personality and I can be very, um, I confrontational. I can, I can be very confrontational because I'm not afraid of confrontation. I, 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 I just, I'm not. And I, um, the way I speak, you know, I, the word aggressive was used and I was very, I, I started shaking and crying and <clears throat> kind of scolded them about how you cannot use that word. And, um, they were very apologetic and were like, I didn't know I couldn't use that word. And I'm like, it's so much more complicated than that. I'm like, it's not, it, it was a very, it was a hard conversation and I didn't even get into the race part of it because I think I actually didn't even understand that that's why I was mad. Um, because that's an identity thing that I struggle with of like, okay, I don't, I don't know how the world perceives me. Do they see me as a black woman? Do they see me as a woman of color? Well, what if my personality aligns with both of those things or how the world would think a black woman's personality is supposed to be? Therefore, do they know they're not supposed to use the word aggressive with me? Like it was, it was a mind fuck. It's like added, just like, I like put it on the tab of things that like really make me sad and really make me confused about who I am. And this is not, I don't want to get into that conversation right now, but, um, I do have on the list of New Year's resolutions. It's about to like, a big one is like having, yes, I want to keep going with the podcast, but I also want to actually start talking about shit that I've been meaning to talk about and like, not like, oh yeah, I've meant to do that. Like I, like I truly want to talk about, but I'm like kind of afraid to go there because I also am afraid to go there by myself. And so I'm going to, um, I actually, well not actually, I'm going to try to start asking people who are not in my immediate family or, um, immediate friendship circle, um, to be on the podcast, to have more intelligent conversations and, um, I mean, open to a wider audience, but like, that's not even really the point. Like the point is like, I want to, I want to talk about things that are uncomfortable. Um, and identity and race is unfortunately at the top of the list because it's something that I really struggle with. Um, okay. Woo. I'll put that, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to, 
paragraph down and put that for next week. Okay, what else was on this list? Oh my God. Um, those ins out lists, like the New Year's like, this is what's in, this is what's out. And I feel like it's it was so interesting to me because I think they were so triggering to people. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, there was just like this like trend that was going around where people were typing like what's in, like what's trendy and what's out. And a lot of them were crazy. Like what's in is like, like I can't even think of like a crazy one, but it was they were triggering people so bad and I was watching people spiral over these lists that I'm like, hey guys, you're taking this as very prescriptive when this is like so deeply personal. For example, I'll, I'll read you mine for mine in reading. I'm really trying to like lower my screen time and, and that's a big thing. Okay, in for Haley, reading. And a caveat to that is like lower your fucking screen time. But then on somebody else's out list, I saw that one of their outs is judging myself for my screen time. I'm like, you go, girl. Who gives a shit? So it's like, that's my point. It totally doesn't matter. We're, we're, people were taking these as so prescriptive when they are so personal that it's it's nothing but like, okay, what do you want to do in the new year? And what do you want to not do? What are some like potentially toxic things that we've been doing? And like, how do we clean it up a little bit? Okay. If anybody cares, these are mine. Reading because I have like a hundred books on my nightstand. Um, saying yes and fighting introversion. I think I'm doing a really good job at that lately, i.e. the 12 hour turnaround and going from the red eye flight to back to DC because I do have this tendency to like be a homebody and never want to leave my house because I love my house so much. And I'm so incredibly grateful that I feel so safe here and so cozy and like there's no place I'd rather be truly than on my back deck with a like a big blanket watching the deer listening to music on like a 65 degree day at 7 p.m. <laughs> like there's nothing in the world that's better to me. Um however I am trying to do more things that I know are going to bring me joy. And this and going to DC was a perfect example of like, I'm so tired. I could lay in bed um, and watch 700 episodes of Bluey. Or we could go to DC and rip it and have a blast, which we did. So going well so far. Um, more color everywhere. Guys, I have a hot take. I'm done with the sad beige. I know I was part of the problem. I know. But... I don't know. One of one of our babysitters, she and she's also a really good friend of mine. She talks about it constantly. She's like, oh, my God. Like, and she's like not like every time I put Rue in like a beige outfit, she's like, not nah, the sad beige. And I'm like, I know. But I think her pointed out actually has made me notice like, God, this is kind of dull. So, yeah. Thanks, Kirsten. We're, we're going to I'm more color everywhere with the basement remodel. I'm talking wallpaper. I'm like, I'm going to get artwork that isn't just like black scribbles you know what I mean like those like that like shit you buy at Target that's just like an abstract black squiggly line no like I want to do like actual art and I'm really excited about it okay we talked about plant medicine um being outside in general those are my ins very just comfy okay here's my outs (laughs) this is I actually only have three things on here one okay apologizing for things that are actually just my personality I'm going to be done, like, um, justifying, I guess, my behavior when I actually, like, it's just how I am. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, I want to be done apologizing for things that, like, 
are just my personality. I don't know how I, how I actually don't know how any other way to say it. I feel like I catch myself so often being like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't like a apologizing in general is like a fucked up female habit that we should all stop doing just in general. Oh, my God. My friend Tessa, who we were with in D.C., her, her husband, Sam, said, yeah, I stopped. My New Year's resolution is that I stopped apo- or accepting apologies. Like, no, you did something wrong. Like, don't do it again. Like, don't apologize for it. Just fucking fix it. And I was like, that's very funny. That is very funny. Um. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to stop, like, um, I guess justifying, I don't even know if that's the word, I can't think of the word that I want to use, but like quantifying maybe, um, I just feel like I put a lot of platitudes into certain things when it's like, no, this actually is just how I am, and like, if you don't like me, it's totally fine. I did see this hysterical TikTok yesterday of this girl who was like, I don't give a shit if people don't like me, but it has to be one of the four pre-approved reasons, and they were like, one, I'm loud. Two, I have a hard time letting things go. Three, like, I can't remember what the other ones were. So funny. And I totally agree with that. I don't give a shit if you don't like me. But it has to be something that I'm aware of. Because if it's something that I don't know about, then that would hurt my feelings. And I think the point was, like, if I found out that somebody was talking shit about me, I would be like, okay, I'm sure they are. And I actually genuinely feel that way. Like, I think that maybe that's, like, arriving at like that's like I think maybe my definition of like self-actualization is genuinely not giving a flying fuck if I found out that somebody was talking shit about me behind my back I would be like I'm sure they are I can think of three to four things off the top of my head that it might be about if it's not one of those three to four might hurt my feelings but you know whatever. Okay. <laughs> Where was I? All right. Number two on the outs for Haley. Sad beige staged houses, guys. I'm telling you, everything just feels like we're living in like a showroom. I look around my house and I'm like, cozy, cute, but like, looks like a Studio McGee catalog, which at one point that was intentional, but now it's just kind of making me sad and like a little dull. I don't know. More color. Um, more art, more, just more shit everywhere. More shit everywhere. I think. Okay. Um, three pain for manicures. It's just bullshit. I hate sitting there. And I know that I just said the opposite about this, that like getting my nails done brings me joy. I actually don't think it does. Like I am trying to save money and I'm trying to like, you know, like overhaul, like, you know, being a finance girly or financially savvy girly and stuff. But like, I just hate sitting there and it ships immediately. My nails are like thin as paper, whatever. I'm just, we're done paying with for manicures. Um, overconsumption literally have been talking about that for an hour. Um, oh, and the last one, this is how we're going to end this podcast too. The out of the year anxiety guys, nobody cares out. Anxiety is out. It's just out. I, I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, I guess I, I have heard this. I don't know if it's a quote or if it's just like a figure of speech, whatever. I've heard that like, you know, if it's not something that you're going to be worried about in five years, it's not worth worrying about it for, you know, the next five minutes. So you should just let it go. And I like, I way more nuanced than that, but there is a sense of, does anybody give a shit about this? do I even give a shit about this? So, um, I'm trying to like actually gaslight my mental health into being like, dude, you're healthy. You're totally fine. You actually, you, you're totally fine. You don't have, there's nothing to be anxious about. And I know I started this 55 minutes ago by saying that my anxiety was really high, which I'm the problem. It's me. I get that. However, like I am blaming the lack of sleep 
because right now I actually don't have anything to be anxious about. I'm just so tired. And I, I will say, I think I was anxious about how shaky I thought my voice was, but that has subsided in the last hour. Um, anxiety's out. Nobody cares. And I know that about every six minutes I reference a TikTok, but like I, there is one that I watch often, often. It's, uh, it's a favorite. It's favorited as like a video in my phone. And like, I, I refer to it to a lot and I send it to people a lot. Um, especially, you know, the other like highly anxious people in my life. And it literally, actually, I'm just going to play it. Listen, nobody is mad at you. Nobody is mad at you. If they are, they'll come to you and tell you. If they don't tell you, they can go to the grave with that one. That's not your problem anymore. That's a them problem. The people that are worth caring about their opinions of you and your life and if they are mad or not will care enough to come to you and say, we've got a problem and I want to fix it for us. The people that don't do that, they can go right to Okay. Honestly, it that it brings me joy every time I hear it because it, it does instantly release my anxiety. And you're someone who's listening to this and you're like, no, I am mad at you. Well, guess what? You can go to hell with that one because it's, it isn't my business. And to avoid, you know, at the risk of sounding very Rachel Hollisey, what people think about you is none of your business. She is kind of right though. All right. Um, oh my God. The Salt Lake City reunion started a while ago. Well, we bootleg um, our friend's YouTube TV, so I actually should be fine. Okay, I'll be back next week. I promise. Love you. Bye.